The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson and uh, two guests, Charlie Clausens. That's exciting. Two guests, Charlie Clausens. Yes, I, I know we did a sound check and now as soon as we've started, I have readjusted the sounds. Good like, right. Yeah, I, I, cle- I clearly underestimated the cell that I was going to give it. Uh, we've got two guest Charlies. Uh, a guest Charlie who's uh, living here for the next two weeks as of this morning. Uh, guest Charlie, Lindsay Webb, how are you? Hello, hello LA. And uh, it's nice to have you here. And uh, guest Charlie, David Huntsberger, re- re- he's returning to the podcast. Nice to be back and I'm I'm, also, I'm worried that I'm doing what you did and, and speaking now way louder than I did in the soundtrack. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're nailing it. You're okay, nailing it. Okay. You, guys are, you guys are nicely into the red. I'm all over the shop. <laughs> we, we did practice this yeah i know yeah. it's good <laughs> and I, i'm sure people are really enjoying this conversation yeah. too the deconstruction of the thing that they can all hear yeah yeah we know yeah we know you're distorted <laughs> and then, why don't you just do something about fixing it rather than just talking about we're it we're working on it yeah <laughs> hey uh lindsay this is really exciting david's yes. here david's been on the podcast a few David, times before we always love here. having him on um uh i love having him on because you know, a lot of the time he talks about last time we talked about drawing a lot oh, and, yeah. and you know that i love i I love drawing and doodling and, you know, I have all these crazy notebooks full of like, you know, like, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one step away from being a serial killer. <laughs> I'm a high functioning serial killer. One step? Yeah. I'm staying What keeps here. you from doing it? Well, because I kill on stage all the time <laughs> and so I don't need it because I'm murdering comedy gigs. Yes. You have trouble with steps also. <laughs> all, I'm saying, all I'm saying, dudes, is keep laughing or some serious shit's going to happen. Oh, you're hilarious. <laughs> My career's going to go Dexter on your ass. <laughs> you just think about that. I'm traveling to a lot of places where people don't know me. <sighs> and there's a lot of open areas where I could dispose of a body. But you're not, though, are you? No, I'm not. Oh, cool. No, cool. No. Not okay. yet. Not yet. I don't think that I could... I was thinking about this. I was watching... Have you watched a television show called The Leftovers? Do you know that show? No. It's like a new... Um, uh, Damon Lindelof, who is uh, one of the Lost guys, and I loved Lost. And it's like... A, it's a disappearing show. Basically, right. it's a show where like everybody... like Well, a bunch of people disappeared. So like a rapture sort of thing or okay. whatever. And it's a show about how do the people who didn't get raptured go on with their lives, yeah, right? right? And hmm. it's a show that I've watched, like, I think the last night was the last episode or the second last episode, and it finally got good. <laughs> like, I'm really... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's had when did you stick it out so much? Uh, once I start things, I watched 10 series of Smallville, and I'm not sure I enjoyed one episode <laughs> fully. Like, I enjoyed enough of bits of the episode. I'm with you on that. I mean, me hitting the eject button is a concerted effort of, like, all right, we cannot look back. That building has been blown up. Don't look. But it's hard. I've gone back a bunch of times into shows that I still hated throughout. And, and any examples? Well, I hate to do this, but but Dexter, I wanted to get out of desperately, and I saw it all the way through to the end, right? And it was so bad. I got oh yeah, early. yeah. I got it was out early on Dexter. Yeah, that was a good time to get out. Very early. And and True Blood. If you watch the first couple of series of True Blood, that was a good time to get out. Didn't get However, past the I, I will say 
that I think if you got through the bad three years and you stuck around for the final season, <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. You would have loved it. Yeah. I, I got there. out of um, Friday Night Lights, but then everyone told me... Oh, yeah, you had to get back in. You got to get back in. Yeah. Season three is really good. But season two, I didn't... Not that I didn't like it. I just thought, well, it's probably more things I can look at. Than, right. Because I've been having this conversation. It's so redundant and so stupid, but... There's too much stuff being made right now. There's right. An, a saturation point. You can't point. watch it all. You can't see it. So the taking time commenting on things or watching things that are terrible is so asinine <laughs> and the lifetime is going to speed by. Why am I watching this rubbish? Yeah, I was just like, I'm going to die soon. <laughs> Relatively. Like, I got to see good things. I was having this. I was thinking about this the other day because I believe that I've probably seen in my travels and like, you know, when it's yeah. just on TV and whatever, like I never watch it on purpose, but I believe I've probably seen every single episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not sure that I could name any of the characters on that show. Like there's the it's, one who was in Dharma and Greg. Yeah. There's the, yeah. the quirky computer programmer. Yeah. There's the long-haired genius. Yep. I know they always say wheels up in 30. I <laughs> they think call one of them might be called Hotch. Hotch. Yeah. yeah, Hotch is one of them. Right. Which one is Hotch? You're doing all right. Yeah, I think one of them's Hotch. You know more I know, than no, me. No, the girl's name's Garcia, right? Oh, Garcia. The programmer. I, that, oh, that is she Garcia? Like, I think or is so. That sounds black familiar. guy who's like flirts with her all the time in a weird way? Garcia. Garcia. I'm not sure. I've watched every episode. I mean, to your point, there may have been something better I could have been doing with my life in that time. Yeah, yeah what case. is that? I gave up on one recently, uh, Tyrant. I don't know if you even know Tyrant. what Tyrant is. No. It's from the people who brought you 24, another show that I stuck with long after I should have <laughs> yeah. stuck with 24. Yeah. Right. Um, so Tyrant is there, like, it's about a guy going to the Middle East. And actually, the story fascinated me because I'd had this idea a while ago. You want to go to the Middle East? No. Right. I don't feel like they're my people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know when you get a vibe. People, a like, chance. people are like, uh, China, you should go to China. It's such a big market and it's near mm. Australia. And I'm like, you know, I get in trouble for what I say in Australia, <laughs> which is like one of the fr- – we're a nation of criminals and I get in trouble there. I can't yeah, go to China. Fair point. Fair point. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get locked up and no one – yeah, anyway. So we'll visit. Oh, I appreciate that. That's yeah. very nice of you to no say. Worries. No, so Tyrant's set in the Middle East, some sort of fictional Middle East. You know, it's a bit of a, like a modern commentary on the uprisings in the Middle East. And so it's like a tyrant family that's trying to move towards a democracy because the dad died and the son who was living in America has come back to help his brother. God, who's it's now bleak, there. isn't it? And for a while, you know, you know what it was? It's just racist. <laughs> like, that's what I realized about right. four or five episodes in. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Middle Eastern people aren't happy with the betrayal of the Middle East in this show. Yeah. And I went on and I like just typed that sort of into Google and it found like about five blogs. And I was like, no, that convinced me. I'm not stopping watching this TV. I'm making a political decision. You've joined the blogs or you're just doing this is I this activity stopped. we're doing right now. Right. This, this counts. Yeah. yeah, that counts. I'm surprised the word <laughs> yeah yeah sure uh friday night lights to come mm-hmm. back to that have you watched friday night lights no. it's it, it's honestly one that's worth the whole series okay because i think is it good early it's good early. season, season one's good <laughs> first five episodes of season one are good it starts to level off season two they throw in this out of nowhere weird murder thing yeah okay it's is- a big and the, even they have admitted in retrospect it was a big mistake, <laughs> and they had to try to get themselves out of that hole for a long time. Because <laughs> it it's so really weird. hard to go through that, it's isn't it? It's so That's a weird. Well, it's really hard yeah, when you yeah. love somebody. Like, uh, it's a beloved character. No spoilers, but it's a beloved. Yeah. No, you know, it's a beloved character, and then suddenly you're like, 
oh no hang on and then they realized people don't want to think that so now they had to just like hey remember when that happened no oh, no one remembers yeah, everything's yeah. fine yeah. it just gets well, then they do the thing. like even even beyond that was bad like that's well over the top uh, but but they take the kid who's uh, beloved and a nerd yep. plays in bands and they just throw him on the football team out of nowhere like, right it makes no sense that's a nerd's dream though isn't it like Kind of, but he's kind of good. It's not like Lucas or something, you I know. I mean, the pigeonhole nerds, but I'm sure there are nerds that are like, I just want to play in the football yeah, team yeah. one game. Yeah, I get that. I, I don't think this, I never got that sense through season one with him. He made no. fun of his friend. Like, oh, you're going to go run around in your cleats now? <laughs> right. And now all of a sudden he's on the team. It was really strange. They probably just got bored of shooting other scenes. Yeah, They're like, you know, so. this would just be easier if he's in the team and then we can shoot all this shit together, right? Good thinking. Let's see. Like when he went out on his own, he started murdering people. So we feel like just getting involved in the team. In sport. No, I um uh, the the thing that's good about it is I think that a show is worth watching if the final episode reward like you feel like it rewards, you know, the journey. Yeah. And okay. I think that show very much has one of the, the re- I think the show The Shield has a, yep. an ending that rewards like it literally the the thing that happens in the first episode of the shield like basically that whole show is about the ramifications of something that happens in the first Ooh. episode and it kind of is resolved in like you know at the last episode and you get a sense of whatever is happening next as yeah, well it's such, such yeah. a great ending oh, that's cool and like that. and Fli- friday night lights is the same the thing i, I, I the thing about friday night lights is it's a relationship piece Mm-hmm. Like if you look at it as a betrayal oh, yeah. of two people's marriage, uh-huh. mm-hmm. like there's a mo- I, again, I'm not going to give away spoilers, but there's a moment in the final episode where the two of them, you know, who ha- both have these competing dreams, but are in this loving marriage, but also, you know, marriage is hard. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like th- where you think this guy you love is about to do something that will make you hate him forever. Right. And, but you believe it. You're just yeah. there and you go, I can see how this is about to happen. And, I'm, and you're lately going, Ugh. is this how it's going to end? This is, <laughs> oh no, I mean, this is a brave choice, but this is yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And the fact that it makes you believe. It's emotional. Yeah. Yes. That's all you can ask for from right. a show. So I, I all recommend right. that. Oh, all right, I'll get back into it. You sold me. Because everyone has said that too. There's, I haven't met anyone that's been like, oh, you got out of season, good, way to stay out. As opposed to all these other shows we talk <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah. People are like, yeah, you got out early, good for no, you. Sometimes there's some years you have to get through. Like uh, the West Wing. Like the West Wing started strong and then it had a couple of years when the ER guy, because Aaron Sorkin, remember, who yeah. just basically wrote it all and is crazy. Yeah. And he was also doing like heaps of mushrooms and like <laughs> Coke and all these things and was taking drugs to Vegas. I don't know why. I feel like they've already got enough. <laughs> I feel like Vegas is like, thank we're yeah, good for yeah. drugs. If you want to bring some other stuff, Just like patronizing, yeah, bring yeah. us water, bring us some flour, yeah, some water. <laughs> if you want to be helpful, that'd be great. Bring some money and gamble it away so we can continue our existence. But the one thing we're good for is drugs. Come here, buy drugs. It's good for the economy. You're this ruining is... the local market. Right. So I'm he... all packed for Vegas. I've got my strippers with me. Yeah. <laughs> My mini chapel trailer. <laughs> right, my roulette table. <laughs> I, I am set. 
<laughs> I got uh, the remaining uh, member of that uh, the Siegfried and Roy. Not sure which one it is, but we've got a we've got a we've got a line in the back. I am ready. We've got Britney Spears. I'm fine. Let's go Vegas. I'm bringing the party to you. What happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. I'm bringing it in. No, it travels back Sunday. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Las Vegas, uh, can I ask you this question as a local American person? How often have you been to Las Vegas in your life? I'm from Nevada, and but I'm from north of there. And then, uh, so I, I've probably been to Las Vegas a dozen times. A dozen times. So I 12? went twelve. Yeah, I went. Uh, I went like two or three. Not an American dozen. Right. Fifty-eight. <laughs> fifty-eight. Around <laughs> solid fifty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how they call every sporting championship yeah, they yeah. have here the world, world championship, yeah, yeah. even though it's just America. It's a world 12. Yeah. Also here, a 69 <laughs> is 3,008. <laughs> America, USA. <laughs> uh, so how long would you, as an adult, like as a man, like as a going to Vegas for, you know, to go for a weekend yeah. or to whatever, how many times would have that happened? I only did that twice. Yeah. I did it in college and then the year after I was done with college. And then, uh, and then shortly after that, I, I started going to, as a comedian to perform. And I, it totally changed. They get, like most of the comedy clubs are you know, in, the, in the casino and they give you an employee dining card. Oh, yeah. So I'd be down there eating with all these burned out dealers <laughs> and like the de- everyone. <laughs> like all the performers <laughs> are down there just in sweats, just miserable. Backyard buffet. It's hor- yeah, it's horrible. All the foods like coagulated and disgusting, and like so that really changed happy. Vegas for me. And yeah, yeah. none of the staff is happy. It's this it, like the tears of a clown thing. It's all those tears down there. It's all them together. It's, just it's like pool of that's how I imagine the Oompa Loompas in Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, like you know yeah. that it's all like dancing and singing and you know helpful rhymes up on the yeah. surface, but down yeah. there you're just eating old slop, drugging off and slop. <laughs> yeah. Bitch stole us out of our jungle. Right. Happy <laughs> <laughs> what a miracle of nature! Untouched by human eyes, and now we're chocolate slaves. Can't even enjoy chocolate, and our skin's not even meant to be this color. <laughs> He's killing us. This is—we all have scurvy. Right. <laughs> I haven't seen a vegetable since we left the jungle. <laughs> they stayed though, didn't they? They stayed. They did. They, they were captives. Yeah. It was a, cool, yeah. like, that was the next step in Neverland Ranch. Right. That was. That's what would have happened. I would have loved to see uh, next year in the Oscar race uh, 12 years of Oompa Loompa. <laughs> yeah, just about the struggles <laughs> of the Oompa Loompas on the plantations. Uh, Lindsay, have you been yes. to Vegas before? Because the reason I asked Never. about Vegas was that Lindsay is here on holidays at the mm. moment and he is considering yeah. uh, driving to Vegas and uh, spending a couple of days in Vegas. Thoughts? It's like a theme park. I mean, they... I'm from Reno. The casinos, it's grungy. You can walk out on the street and go across right into another casino. Yeah, right. Vegas, it's this weird walkway that just winds you around. Yep. Yeah, just keep... No one wins in Reno. Yeah. I mean, the charm of it is <laughs> That's that... That's their slogan. You walk yeah. right There's past no someone. Right name. Yeah. <laughs> but Vegas, is it's charming. It's like, a, you know, it's, it's very much like a theme park. So they... It, you feel like you're on a ride. You have to walk miles it seems like to get right. from one casino around to the other and that's what i was saying when you were saying where should i stay i said once you're basically on that strip and you know if it's your first time you might yeah. as well stay like on the strip and have the vegas experience yeah, yeah. once you're there you're basically you're just in a giant shopping mall right. yeah like you can just walk from place to place to place and never really even kind of go outside wow. yeah yeah 
the old old Vegas, the old strip down there is more, you can walk across the street and it just mm. feels like, yeah, this is mellow. You can sit at a real grungy card table and and play that to me feels like the old like cool the Vegas. Like the movies. Yeah, yeah. The new style is what they've tried to portray in the commercials where it's bright colors and like like the pop songs, you know, top forty hits blasted everywhere. Yeah. It's just pumped in through the entire strip, it seems like. It's horrible. So yeah, I, w- I would recommend that if you want that grungy, gross kind of like uh, Rat Pack feel, I would go to the old that the old strip. That sounds cool. Good tip. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See? There you nice. Go. Good question, Will. And uh, <laughs> if a girl is really, really friendly to you, <laughs> there's probably chances are there's a reason, reason for, for that. that. Yeah. I'm at a bar in Vegas. Uh, this girl next to me, her purse spills over. There's like a hundred condoms in it. Oh yeah. Wow, and I that's go, ambitious. She's so safe. And I go, well, you so got a busy night safer. ahead of you. And she goes, yeah, I hope so. She's totally what? attractive, young, like yeah. well-kept. There's nothing, you, you're through TV and criminal minds and things like that. Like, right. oh, they're damaged. They're defeated by life. They just look horrible. <laughs> and, and here's this girl that like has her head on her shoulder. She goes, yeah, I hope so. And I was like, oh, so you're a, and she goes, uh-huh. And I was like, wow. And then I kind of was fake. Like, hey, why don't you offer to see if I wanted to? <laughs> yeah. she, was like, she goes, oh, you can just tell. And I was like, no, you can't. She goes, yeah, watch this dude comes up. And she goes, she says something to him. And I just see him kind of put his hands up and shake his head and walk away. And I go, what happened there? And she goes, I said, do you want a party? And he goes, I'd love to. I don't have the cash on me right now. Like he was in on, he yeah, knew, he it. knew yeah, what it was. Yeah. If she said you want a party, I would have been like, does that mean He was going to chip it down to 99 if he had the coin. Yeah, yeah. He was going to do it. And then I talked to her for like an hour. It was fascinating. Like the, the no world. No charge? <laughs> she didn't. Uh, sadly. At the end. I, didn't, yeah, <laughs> the end. I was just trying to butter her up for a freebie, but no. No, I mean, you should, in fact, you should have done the opposite to that. You go, look, actually, I'm a professional entertainer and I have talked to you for an hour <laughs> right. at my rates. Uh, this is about $3,000, but I'm sure we could work something out. If you... <laughs> I'll get my pimp manager. <laughs> I'm giving you an hour of my time. So... Fair call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, don't think I didn't try that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Barter? Do you do barter? Uh, so uh, it's interesting to me. What what sort of things did you discuss? Vegas is a small town, basically. Every she's like, I the big parties here. The the people that have all the money, they hire girls like me because they know they can trust me. So like, they don't want celebrities coming here and then getting involved in a weird suit. So like, they hire me. Right. It makes sense to pay someone like me. And then we go there. We're at their services. We leave. It's totally discreet. And then, you know, she'd like, tell me some stories, but nothing that was too, like, revealing or anything like that. And then the way that, like, some of the, the I don't want to say mob bosses, but people there with sort of right. ties to the underworld were, yeah. had helped her, like, launder her money and buy houses right. around and, and kind of funnel her, her assets. And I thought it was really fascinating. And I wasn't... Funnel was, her assets is not even a euphemism. Not even right. a euphemism. Yeah, it's like a genuine, like... <laughs> And so you was, can do the funnel your assets yeah. if you've got the <laughs> enough the menu? money. Yeah. <laughs> you have to funnel a few assets away. Yeah. Come on over here, honey. Let me funnel them assets. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that that person saying that was an Elvis impersonator. Yes. <laughs> Just there was something about the way you said that, oh, that he's still dressed up as Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll shift that. Yeah. <laughs> the sideburn hanging off his face. I'm a little darling. <laughs> Belt's all undone. Uh, so some mates of mine 
And I, uh, so uh, Tom Gleason, who's an Australian comedian, Justin Hamilton, who's an Australian comedian, and a guy called Lemo, Anthony Lehman, uh, we decided that before we were... He's also an Australian comedian. I, <laughs> I did, that was, sorry, Lemo, I did not mean that. No. He's actually a very funny Australian comedian. He's, he's currently doing this show. I find this weird as well. There's this, uh, like, a comedy show like The Office, like an Office-style show yeah. uh, called Utopia in Australia, and it's a new show, and it stars yeah. a few people who've been guest Charlie's, Celia Pacola's on it, and Lemo's been guest Charlie. Yeah, on right. the show and like it's a really good show and everyone's really funny luke mcgregor's in it he's really funny uh but there's a show that's just started here in america that is called utopia as yeah. well which is this big reality show like the next one on from big brother where they take all these random people and they put them together and they let them start their own society they both sound yeah. perfect and they film it yeah like, it sounds amazing it, right right they like you think you can create a perfect world go nuts right it's so fascinating i really Although the only thing about out. it that i think that is probably like i mean because it's for TV and that, so right. they've cast it with all from the ads you can see like I'm a preacher and I want to bring <laughs> God back to and right, then the yeah. next verse is like I don't like to wear clothes <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and you're like this is not going to go they well from the same right. church and, and but the thing about that is like so if you were trying to start your perfect society, the first thing you'd do is not start with people who all believe different things. Yeah. Like you'd all have... I want to start a perfect world. Give me 10 assholes. Quick. Like that's basically... <laughs> yeah. uh, but I want I, ban assholes. I think it will be interesting to watch. I think the idea of that social experiment, like I do think a lot about... If I was like, you know, if it's an end of the world scenario or whatever, you know, yeah. we're, lost, we're lost on an island on lost scenario. Mm -hmm. how, how do you think you would go mm. in that situation? What do you bring to the table? How you do you list think out you, your skills. Right. What, so, let's start with you, Lindsay. What, yeah. what would you bring to the group, do you think, uh, in an end of the world survival situation? Oh, I, I, I'm good at tracking. Are you really though? Yes. I grew up on a farm, a big yeah. farm, and I'm good at finding my way through the bush. And, and so that's – I definitely am good at tracking. Okay. Tracking seemed to indicate to me that, like, you know, you would be able to, like, find animals and stuff. Like, well, you mean where just, something like, might be happening. walking along tracks. No, I don't mean just You're going for a walk You're good at walking wander. along tracks. <laughs> that I'm good at seem walking like... away from everybody else. <laughs> okay, well, start now. You go and show us how good you are and you go no, and live with finding, those people. Finding some sign of maybe something's happening on this island that we're on. I, okay. I would, oh, so, yeah, okay. Would, that's, no, that is helpful, right? I would be a strength right? at that. We need to do who's over there how, but I'm good with need... fire too oh yeah yeah like starting it yes how would you start one well I've, I actually do know how to do the stick thing oh I'm yeah taught how to do that you know rub the stick with mm. a little bit of uh, rubbed up bark and stuff I can make that happen okay so there's two skills alright that's actually pretty good right yeah uh, David I think we're set I mean I don't know where I fit in irrational yeah. anger fear uh, complete uh, pessimism if that's helpful then that's I'd a leader be... right. right there <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you be one of those people. That you're like the voice of the people. Yeah, yeah. You're the, you know, you're Hurley from Lost. <laughs> you're asking the questions that the audience is asking at home. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're the one who's reacting normally, yeah. like people actually would to these abnormal yeah. situations, right. as opposed to all the other crazy people who should yeah. constantly just. That's one of the most interesting things about the leftovers. Actually, is. And, and it, it did actually get a lot better in this episode I just watched because some of the things they'd been seeding kind of paid off. Right. But different people have had to – so like there's the priest in town who's convinced it's it wasn't the rapture because he's you – know, He's good, still there. He's still there. Yeah. And because good people – so he's going around to people saying and proving that the people who went weren't necessarily good, you know. <laughs> then there's these other cult of people who are just like – who dress in white and just smoke because they're like, well, who cares about what's, anything what's anymore? What's the point? Right. So they yeah, just right. smoke all Give the time and they don't talk anymore. Like it's just interesting. Wow. And then some people have just kind of gone on – 
with their lives. Is that not just a representation of how we deal with things, just split down? Like, you know, how we deal with things in life. We well, might that's shut why off to it or... But that's why I'm interested in it because yeah, right. I would love to know in that situation, yeah. like, what would I do? Panic. Because I've carved out some little life for myself, but I can't do anything apart from, like, I'm a, like, first world indulgence. Do you know what I mean? Like, dance monkey. Like, <laughs> yeah. we'll throw cash at you while you dance. Like, that is literally the only skill I have. And I feel like... <laughs> It'd be a while in our civilization. So that well, no, they... well, that's a good that's a good quality. Then, if if there's a lot of people and they're freaking out, and we need someone that's able and confident to right. talk to all those people and calm them down, that's a, yeah, that's, that's true. a great thing. While, while Lindsay's away tracking, I've I've got I've started an open mic. Keep everyone <laughs> so, <laughs> down by the fire, eight o'clock, free show, <laughs> free show. <laughs> bring four people. You gotta bring four people. Do drink. Yeah, get on in here. Yeah. <laughs> Coconut cocktails all night. <laughs> It's an open mic bringer. We don't want to go home. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do. I do wonder about that situation. I think that's kind of fun. Oh, okay. So anyway, back to the whole point. This yeah. is what I was trying to tell you before: is that David uh, is doing something on Kickstarter at the moment, you were telling which me about is this. This sounds uh, very interesting. So yeah. tell the, the audience, the people who are listening to this podcast, and tell Lindsay as well what it is that you are doing. Oh, okay, sure. I. Um are we going to continue that conversation too? I because I've got all, all kinds of thoughts on like what we were saying as far as uh, television things you mean to watch, and that I think part of the reason we get mad at ourselves for watching stupid things is like I could be learning how to make fire or learning how a battery works. How ridiculous is it that I don't know any? If something went wrong, if we were on a deserted island, I could could not do anything. I don't know how the world works at all. But so you like, just Google it as long as there's a phone. Oh coverage. yeah, right. If we yeah, have a decent DSL, post wi- post Wi-Fi. Let's assume. Whoa, whoa! I don't want to live in that world. Right. <laughs> I'm tracking out of here. I'm, well, I'm even more amazed by that. To uh, continue this point, then, and I'm just going to cut that thing out from before. No, now that I've said this, I won't be able to cut it out because I have to do two cuts, and that is We're beyond my really care level. Here. This is beyond my care level of check, fucking editing. So, to be honest, guys. Pretend that I didn't change it back to the other topic, yeah, and okay, because sure. we've obviously got more to I talk about there. Rules anyway. I don't think there's a rule about when you jump around in a topic. Well, then, um, no, I, there's not. Well, then move on. I, I apologize. I should have just taken my uh, time and done it, but you can't apologize. We can go back to that, right? No, we should go. Like we should go back to that. Yeah, okay. I, I want to. No, I think we should continue this conversation. Okay. Okay. This bit okay. is shit, <laughs> but everything beforehand was great. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just being a host and thinking, oh, well, maybe we're done on that. And I'll move it back to David's thing. But yeah. now that oh. we've got more to talk to. about, yeah. I didn't yeah. need to do I that. I think we've all learned yeah. something. Right. Yeah. So just imagine this was an ad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This In between. A- like a lot of podcast have ads. Yeah. And you, you know that bit faded where you're like, I'm enjoying myself, but now I have to sit. Oh, Squarespace. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're fast and reliable. They've got drag and drop. Enter the code name, Tofrop. I don't even have a deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> You're prepared when you do, though. <laughs> Come on, Squarespace, we're ready. We're ready. You heard the pitch. Pre-promoted. Pre-promoted. That was just ad-lib, too. Imagine if he had some ad copy to read. <laughs> oh, quick, quick, it's back on. Uh, okay, so... I, 
Well, I was reading about uh, some interesting facts about Shawshank Redemption, oh, and uh, right. Frank, Frank Darabont was like, oh, I, I, I squeezed in that thing about what he'd be listening to with the record player, and I just had it be classical music because that piece, that opera, is what I was listening to when I wrote it. And I think to anyone creatively, that kind of appeals to you like, yes, yeah. I should have a bottle of wine, some classical music, uh, maybe a fire going, and I really channel into this thing, and I'm, I'm in touch a little bit more with the earth. And instead, you're like sprawled on a couch with some ice cream, just watching <laughs> horrible TV that you hate. Like, That's pretty close. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm only a class and a half down here. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, someone else bothered making this right. it's the least I can do to watch yeah. it Yeah, right. we can't all be creators some of us have to be consumers I would look at it this way they've gone to enough trouble right. yeah. without you needing to go but to there more. is that element too that you feel a little like what if you just only created things and you never celebrated what other people did as weird as it is you are kind of like appreciating what they did Baz Luhrmann this is my Baz Luhrmann moment I think about this quite a lot which is Baz uh, is 100% creative 100% of the time. He's set up his entire life so that, like, you know, people honestly walk ahead of him and open doors. Like, you know, he, he doesn't have to do any of, like, his life stuff. He has a team of people He's so busy. that just 100% of the time he can be 100% Baz. Wow. Now, there's part of me that's like, wouldn't it be great yeah. to be able to be creative all the time instead of sitting here like I was this morning for two hours, like, Absolutely. paying my Australian bills and my US bills and yeah. going, I could have been writing something or creating something. Mm-hmm. I should but, open the door for you. This is my butt. Is I think Baz Luhrmann makes the sort of movies that Baz Luhrmann makes because he's not connected to reality. I like hey, it. Uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. If, yeah, you know, you which is tour, fine. If you, if you tour all the time, it, just by virtue of not having a regular job and you're doing stand-up all the time, right. you do kind of lose that touch. Totally of, hey, you know what it's like to wake up in a hotel at 11 a.m.? People are like, oh, oh I work, oh, man. I get yeah, up. Yeah, and, it's like, so, yeah. No, but it's like, it's why every comedian has an airport, airline, <laughs> air something bit. Yeah. Like, and you're like, today. And it's like, yeah, and it's when it's, but it is, but it's when you what start referencing like? You know, like when it's like when they're saying housekeeping, when it's like 10, 8, no. Yeah. People have checked out and flown to the next yeah. business thing or they've not stayed in a yeah. hotel. Yes. Oh, this Kickstarter thing has been that. It's been all door opening and sitting and all these, the side of that you don't like to do ever. And it, I, I, really, I could never really be a producer, I don't think, because it's driving me crazy. Just even having to like go promote it, but, but setting it up and like putting together all the things. and Just all the typing. It's, unbe- it's unbearable. It's something where I just, every step of it, I'm thinking like this, the project itself, I'm excited about. I think it's creative, but going about it feels very much like... But I think <sighs> that's... In, but you know what? I think that's when you know that... Cause that's what this is for me. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast is a pain in my fucking ass. I don't know how to record shit. I have to organize it. I have to load it. I have yeah. to. But people have even offered, do you want to send it to us and we'll edit? I, I, but, I, but I like. Yeah, that's hard. I like. No, but I like that it's all handmade. Yeah. Like yeah. That everything that goes out there, yeah. however it's made, I feel like I just made it all myself and I put it yeah. out there. It's and like so, speaking. I'm willing to kind of put that work in, even though there are, you know, sometimes you're like, I probably should be doing something more productive with my time yeah. than this. But I think that's like with the Kickstarter is you're like, well, I'm passionate about this. And even though this is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Oh, and I think everyone that does something, even if they enjoy it, they enjoy the end. It's natural to kind of complain during the process. I'm like, I don't like editing it. I yeah. don't like uploading it. It's like but a you're right. Festival like, application. Ugh, really? Oh, mate. I'm just coming back. I was there last year. Just put that down. Yeah. Again, again, <laughs> speaking, again, speaking about relatable things to audiences, um, 
Oh. Apply for a visa to work in a different country <laughs> yeah. and tell me about processes. It's yeah. fucking like Lord of the Rings. It's like, it's seriously, there is a series of more steps, like each more complicated than the last. It's like it's the final, like, you know, yeah, okay. It's once you've been approved, like all the legal stuff's gone through, like yeah. you've literally been approved. There's still yeah. a series of about eight hurdles after that. Until that you get I to swear, big boss level. Like at one stage you have to pay two separate bills right. for the same thing. In two different places. Yeah. You can't... It's for the same... You have to be an electron. Like, one of them you have to pay at a post office. Who has to go to a post office to pay... It? Wow. It's just them going, make one of them a post office. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. like, I can arbitrary. imagine there's some people who just go, fuck it. I don't... Actually, I don't Forget care that it. much yeah. about working. But. I'm post office-ophobic. Did you read that story a week or two ago about the... Uh, I think it was Maine... The hermit that had been living for 27 years out, I think it was Maine or New Hampshire. Like, that's cold. It's really brutal in the winters, and he'd just been stealing from people. He had, he stole everything. He stole like nice coats. He'd break into people's cabins. He'd steal their food. He stole propane tanks and that's how he grilled his food. So people were, a lot of people were sending me this (laughs) article because like it's really appealing. I think on that level that everyone that hears that story goes, Man, that guy never had to stand in line at the DMV. Right. If nothing else, like <laughs> freezing to death in the winter and just being like, doesn't have to return calls, doesn't have yeah. to like right. process endless no applications, bills. no bills. Like, and there is a certain element of like, you just get rid of all the bullshit of society. Yeah. And I mean, there is something interesting about living overseas that really reminds you that mm-hmm. all the shit that you, like when you move to another country, you realize, ah. Oh, all that shit that I thought was really important, no one gives a shit about. And there, there's something really great about that because you yeah. can't. T- I a mean, I read. I read someone said, no matter who, how famous you are on Earth, more people will have never heard of you than will ever hear of you. I that- calculated for the uh, backing for the Kickstarter. How many people had chipped in? And obviously, it's not a huge amount, but it's point zero 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 one two percent of the global population. Right. But if that were to double or triple, it still doesn't change that percentage. I mean, it's if you if 0.1% of the population knows the name Will Anderson, you're monumentally famous. Right. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it it's so Amazing, I, isn't it? I think it's you a good get perspective. So then, so but then take it back the other way, which is interesting to me. So then you go to like a desert island, and all your like you hey, know around the campfire all... at eight o'clock with your open mic, you're killing it on the last island. <laughs> I mean, I, I imagine that'd be like finally I can be the biggest comedian in, <laughs> in all of the island, right? And then all I get up, nine then I, people know who I yeah, am. Then I, then it'd be a backlash. Tall poppy syndrome, people are like still him. Then I'd have to move to a bigger island to further my career. Yeah, yeah. the gigs starting with open mics. But you'd see it slowly start to happening as like first it was your signed headshot on their hut wall, right. <laughs> then it, that'd be taken down. You're like, hey, what's going on hey, with the, the, uh, the? You need a new one, guys? Where's Will's walkway gone? Uh, so, but that is an interesting thing of like if you get rid of all that because there is a part of me so that. I think whatever I needed out of the being famous bit, and I'm not going to deny in any way that part of why, you know, you want to stand in front of a room full of people, at, at least at some stage, has to come from like an ego thing or a, like a whatever. You'd mm-hmm. like to be acknowledged for doing a good thing for right. doing it, right? No matter what you do. But whatever, I, got, whatever I needed to get out of that out of status, 
I reckon I got out of my system. Like now I just try to do things that I really like to do. What a great spot to be in. You know, it is really nice. Fantastic. But it also makes me think that maybe one day I could just not – because there's two parts of me. There's one part of me that thinks just like Joan Rivers style, hopefully I will be that fucking ferocious and I hope I go out kicking and screaming and offending people until until we're fucking done. And there is part of me that looked at Don Rickles at Just For Last this year and just went, yeah, that's what I want. And I don't care if you have to wheel me into the fucking room. Push me up on my fucking yeah get me out on stage <laughs> those electric and i'll ones. like don rickles but what's like the- look like when they wheeled him in i was like i don't know how he's even gonna go on stage he's- and then he did 40 minutes of fucking solid stand-up in right. front of four thousand like people 94 95 now or something right? yeah. really i think he's that old i, I think like, he's, I mean, he's definitely that's i'd awesome. say definitely in like 90 like definitely yeah i mean yeah man that's exciting yeah Right, and so there's that part, but then there's another part of me that kind of every year has this thought of going, you know what, like, we could still be if I sold kids. my house and like you know took some of the money I have now and yeah you know, made a few investments and stuff and just bought some like caravan, like yeah, or maybe like rent, um, you know, buy a little <laughs> buy a little place by the coast somewhere, right. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and just like smoke weed and like have a garden and like watch TV and go to the beach and like get a dog and like absolutely where do we, where do we move yeah. in you know <laughs> <laughs> maybe sort of the podcast yeah, absolutely <laughs> we'd have more time to get the sound right and everything right I still probably wouldn't oh Based on some of the other things that were in that sentence. <laughs> what is it about the first the one that appeals to you about being 90? Is it for the sake of saying you did it or or thinking that you would genuinely Just still like it. it? I think that I would genuinely still like it. I hope, and this probably isn't the case. Like, you know, when you hope somewhere, I'm in a really nice spot in my life at the moment. That sounds like a horrible thing to say out loud, but I, where uh-huh. I'm getting, good. I'm doing a lot of things that I really enjoy doing and I'm really proud of doing, mm-hmm. but have also just luckily been successful for me, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you understand in life, like I have a sense of like, this may be as good as it ever gets, you know? Yeah. Like, cause there's no guarantee that things <laughs> just keep getting better and people yeah. love your stuff yeah, more. Like a comedian said that to me one time, he's fairly new at it. And he goes, don't you think that's how it is? Like every year just keeps getting a little better. And I was like, you're insane. Right. Yeah. Like there are huge peaks and valleys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. Does he know the word trough? <laughs> the thing, but the thing that I've tried to do in that time is try to like whatever parlay whatever there was into things that I like doing mm-hmm. in the hope that even if like some of those people go away, the yeah. ones who like the, those things would have enabled me to just keep doing, you know, this thing. Because yeah. I think. I, I, to be honest, there is a part of like you know that fame, fame like that big thing that yeah. just doesn't appeal to me in any way. Can't leave but your there's house that, anymore. But there's that that area where you're just allowed to do what you do, and there's an audience there that means you can pay your bills and keep it's doing perfect. that. It's kind of, I think that's Bill more Watterson. It has none of the fame thing. I mean, there are people that would know his face and freak out. It's such a small percentage of the population. But he created, you know, he did Calvin and Hobbes. People love that. And mm. then just kind of disappeared. Maybe he lives on the coast in a little right. beach hut. Maybe he lives in the mountains. No one really knows. But like, th- there's a difference there in like creating the work, you know, physically drawing is a little different than like, I'm putting words out into people's ears, but they don't get to go back and re-look at that book. Unless yeah. you, you know, make a CD or a special or something like that. Then I think that's they get tangible. to relive the memory in their mind, though, of what a great yeah. time it was. But it's, it's funny with the cartoonists, because it happens a bit with that, because Gary Larson was the same, right? Same way, yeah. Gary Larson was the biggest cartoonist 
in the world. Mm-hmm. Like a superstar, like a rock star cartoonist. Yeah. You could not go anywhere without like a far side mug or calendar. Or, Calend- yeah, exactly. Like, like I still laugh every time I get yeah. like the door, like yeah, we pull or push. <laughs> well, that was exactly <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one of the greatest cartoons. That must be universally his best one. Oh, it's so man, good. That is the one that I think of all. Like every I'm time. With that on yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, so good. <laughs> it's the best. And then he just. I mean, I don't even know. Do you know what happened to Gary Larson? Horrible yeah. door injury. Is he still alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> Did you say door injury? Yeah. <laughs> Went to prison. Uh, grand larceny. Oh, come on. Oh, come I'm here all week. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think he did that. I think he just kind of walked away from it and was tapped out of ideas. And he wrote a, a book that kind of talked about the anthology of The Far Side and went through that. And then that was that was pretty much it. That, I would There was a, a website for a while that was dedicated to him. And I think it, for a while he was trying to do like kind of a movie that had to do with uh, the cows from uh, the far side. Yeah, right. And I don't think anything happened with that. And then I think he's just kind of like J.D. J. Salinger now, where he's he's ne- definitely next in line for one of those documentaries to come out to be like, yeah, what the hell is Gary well, Larson we'll doing? <laughs> I, I hope that he's denied it over and over and just said, like, I'm done. I've given enough to society. Just drew to a and, conclusion. Yeah. And, and there's something romantic about that where, because comedians and someone like Don Rickles may have said stuff that really resonated with people and we'll, we know of it through like stories from other people. Sure. But in the last five years, I don't know that there's been a quintessential Don Rickles no, thing that's of been course passed. Not. Not, not for, I mean, but maybe in, they only come along every 10 or 15 years. Could be. I mean, it's the lottery maybe so that the longer he's alive, the better yeah. chance there is for him to say one again, like the wise wisdom of 100 year old Don Rickles. And we'll all be like, man, I'm glad he kept going. Cause then he, he said that thing. Yeah. But for now, I think most of us just appreciate what he's done, what his career has been. But I don't think anyone's like racing out to see it for the content. It's mostly like, I got to see it because it's Don Rickles. I want to see him before I die. That's pretty exciting. I mean, if we're still doing gigs in 2068 at his age, that'll be That'd be pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It is an interesting idea about like, you know, stopping. Yeah. Because when do you stop? Yeah. When do you stop? Like, because sometimes you're like, well, because you've seen people go through periods too sure. where like you thought, well, maybe they'll walk away or maybe they'll stop and they've some, reinvented mm-hmm. themselves. Some and amazing done. walk away and comeback stories throughout mm-hmm. comedy history. There's some great A couple stuff. of years ago, someone was saying they saw Steve Martin working on material in New York. Yeah, right. And that was about it. Just a couple of tweets here and there. And I thought, wouldn't that be interesting if he, after all these years, got back into Because when he's on late night shows and stuff, he's I, still really funny. I just listened to some Steve Martin comedy on the plane on the way here that sounded modern. Oh, yeah. interesting. You know what? I went and saw him play with his banjo band. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in San Francisco and they had this big like music festival that some local philanthropist throws for the city or something. Yeah. And so they had Steve Martin and his band playing banjo. There was like, right. like 80,000 people there or something. But Amy and I were on holidays and we went to see Steve Martin. And in between every song, he had like one perfect joke. Like one nice. perfect like you know, one-liner joke that just yeah. kind of moved on to the next yeah, thing and each it. of them killed. Oh, that's great. Like, you know, like if you put it together as a five-minute set, I mean, you would have <laughs> needed some of the context of the, yeah. <laughs> the show. But he could do the five clubs. It was just nice that he yeah. still had it. Yeah. 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 We were going to talk about David's um, uh, Kickstarter, but I'm actually yeah. going to start my own Kickstarter, What Happened to Gary Larson. <laughs> so I'm going to ask people right? to – because I even when I Googled – Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, he's real savvy at doing that. I mean, dis- and there's something scary in disappearing. Like Nikola Tesla got basically universally ignored through his career 
There's not one audio recording of him. He invented the radio. Marconi got credit for it, but yep. Tesla invented it. And there's not one audio recording of him anywhere. You don't know what his voice sounds like. It, wow. It's a strange phenomenon. Like, did the government wipe it away because he was such a weird genius and he had all these... He just not press record. Did he never want to have it recorded? And, and I think as, a, as comedians, that propensity to kind of want to or consider walking away is there because, like, you've looked at the world and said, I don't want to do any of those jobs. Right. This is the one yeah. I'll settle. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. do this. Yeah. But even then, it seems like all this stuff is just bullshit. Why are we invo- <laughs> indulging in it? It would be so much better to just sit around somewhere and just kind of... Well, that's it. I'm not saying I'll get some regular job. Yeah, it's right. either, it's, it's all or nothing. This, yeah, it's this one. <laughs> it's this or I'm... <laughs> I'll I'm amuse you or absolutely yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> amuse or out. <laughs> That's the rules. That that amazes me, like when you talk about someone like Tesla uh, and anyone like that, and it brings us back to this end of the world scenario or being on the beach scenario, which is that I'm still amazed that somebody can like think of radio. Like, yeah. I just don't, I understand how you look at two yeah. bits of wood and you go, if I nail that <laughs> bit of wood to that bit of wood. Yeah. But yeah. how does somebody work out radio? Like but, I still, if I think too hard about how phones work, I get a headache. Absolutely. Just, what's what's yeah. the frequency how- of these thoughts? Well, it makes it seem like society <laughs> is a program that's run and you have to put in the jump ahead thing. Right. Like, oh, they're not getting anywhere. They're still fighting each other with sticks. Give them radios. You give, you give them an Einstein, you give them a Da Vinci, you give them like these, these things that move them way ahead and then everyone can grasp, oh, this is how you use it. I don't know how you make that, but yeah. we all know how to use phones. None of us could sit down and build a phone or even know how no. any of the data is transferred. Two, to charge two, mine. Two tin cans on a string. That's what I could do. <laughs> That's an island phone. Yeah. You've got to um, use the right string though. Actually, you know what, Linz? Yeah. You've done something much more impressive than I have done, even in your f- four hours of being here yes. in Los Angeles, which is because I've still got my old phone. People know who listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I talk about it all the time. My stupid old phone. I'm waiting, for the, I'm waiting for the new iPhone to come out and yeah. then I'm changing my phone over, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Lindsay's got to town like for two hours and managed to get like a SIM card for his iPhone. Like wow. I've had I've, 18 months. I've had my phone. <laughs> Unlimited internet. I had to walk down and really? get it from the phone. He's wow. on the internet on Unlimited his phone. Unlimited calls. Like a day. <laughs> Hasn't been here a day. Unlimited SMS. That's what I'm saying is maybe you are a trucker. Maybe you are a guy who can get stuff done, you know? Well, I'm starting my open mic. Yes. You're out there actually achieving shit. Oh, yeah, that's a good example. You see, I went out and found what I needed. Yeah, that's right. Got Instead of me, right he was just waiting around for that apples. That is impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's I know, good. right? Yeah. Uh, did so you know that you know the, the HARP program, H A A R P? It's in the north where they're trying to. People are convinced, like conspiracy theorists, that they're trying to control the weather on the planet. Okay, uh, they're sending waves. This the chemtrail? No, this is something else. They're, yeah, they're trying to. And it was a Tesla idea. He was convinced that you could send energy via. I think it's called the heliosphere, like oh, above yeah. the stratosphere, changing frequency. Yeah, like that's what people think that harp is. Yeah. is it's controlling right. people's yeah, the yeah. weather and people's moods. And but he was convinced that you could just send electricity. So hang on, that but who's, around the world. who's controlling the weather? Oh, the Jews control the weather, right? <laughs> <laughs> As we all know, guys. Ah, uh, the weather Juro. Yeah, the Jews, <laughs> Jews control the weather. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> I, didn't I mean, know I that. thought we were advanced here. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
It's Mother Nature, right? <laughs> uh, who? No, but who? Who is? Do the conspiracy theorists believe that is controlling the weather in this like theory? Who? Who? I, do, who if do, you were to Google H A A R P, you'll see you'll see a few uh, a threads question. and things that are people saying like, "Why haven't they tell us? Why won't they tell us what they're doing? What does this mean?" Was the is contract it, tended out for the control of these things? That- I mean, the Department of Defense has a role in it. People think right. it's alien communication. They I'm think sure it's controlling the weather. I've clicked on, uh, well, the NSA will be listening in now, so big hello <laughs> to the guys. It's always nice when we mention any of these issues. You're listening into this podcast. I get, a, I, get a, I get a spike in downloads every time. Every time we say something controversial about the government, wow. I really... Popular in Washington. Yeah. Way. I get a lot of knowing <laughs> winks when I'm touring in Washington. People are like, I know your voice. Well, oh, uh, all right, here we yep. go. Uh, why Harp exists... Uh, politics and conspiracy. Great. Here we go. Uh, ha- oh, no, hang on. Conspiracy theorists think Harp's purpose is far more sinister than meets the eye. The program has been blamed for everything from global warming to natural disasters to mysterious humming noises in the sky. Wait a minute. Hang on. Two of those things are quite full on. Yeah. The other one's just a bit noisy. Yeah. I mean, out of... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's the opposite of a meatloaf song. A two out of three are bad. I'll leave you fine, meatloaf. We can deal with the humming in the sky yeah. if we're fine with the global warming and natural disasters. Let's compromise, guys. Yeah. That just hey. has the stain of conspiracy theorists all over it. And they're like, it's cause of global warming. And it's a cause of this. And then one guy being like, and does anyone else hear that goddamn humming? Like, <laughs> no, add that's that's really, add that to the list. Just put it on there. Tom here is helpful. Tom's hearing better than all of ours. You know what? Like we're, we're still low on members. <laughs> we're taking everyone at the moment. When we get a bigger organisation, we can get rid of some of the nutbags. We'd have more people if there wasn't so many people at that open mic by the fire. Harry brought five guys to this thing. He's in. He's, He's in. Tight five. That's right. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Name a natural phenomenon and someone probably suspects Harp of being behind it. Online conspiracy theorists suggest that Harp was to blame for the 2011 earthquake and tsunami in Japan, uh, the Moore, Oklahoma tornado of 2013, a landslide in 20, uh, 2006 in the Philippines, and many more natural disasters. Are they trying to prove a point? Uh, other conspiracy theories I mean, like, hold that Harp controls people's minds or is capable of altering the very fabric of reality. I suddenly like them heaps. <laughs> Are you trying weird. to suck up to them? No, I think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> controlling us through a podcast. They <laughs> worked their way back. They've got him. I knew I heard a hum. <laughs> Tesla worked it out. It was one of his last things, how to listen the other way through a podcast and control people's minds. Yeah. <laughs> just, no, no, just trying to talk podcasting to is a good it. idea. <laughs> Invest your time and money in something that makes you no money. <laughs> Distribute your work for free. It's a sustainable business model. <laughs> but make sure you're heard. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, okay, so let's let's get back to Kickstarter. Now. Sure. So let's talk about what you're doing. Well, first of all, thank you for uh, reaching out. You know, I it's again one of the tough things about doing it is just like, oh, you got to go promote it. Like setting it up, you make a video. First, I just had the idea. Like I mentioned it on Professor Blastoff, the podcast I do um, with Tig and Kyle. And uh, we had this girl reading tarot cards. And mm. she was like, you have a project. And she wasn't trippy or weird. It was kind of a disappointment. I wanted her to have like 
bird bones in her hair and weird, you know, jewels. Right. And she you just, don't want like a casual Friday tarot. Yeah, you she want was, the production. She was that. I do. Right. I want the whole thing. And she's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. In I, for penny. Right. she just like, like to just kind like of, a clown is just like put a red nose on. Exactly. Oh, you know what? It's like the time that I saw Robert Smith from the Cure uh, on the weekend. Of the, he was going in to do an interview at the radio station yeah. I was working at, and I was such a big fan. I thought, well, I'll just go and work in my office, which is next to the studio, yeah. and maybe I can like meet him. Which actually turned out that's what happened. But because it was a Saturday interview and no one else was meant to be in the station except for the person he was being interviewed he wasn't like the full Robert Smith yeah. so he was wearing bike pants like, like <laughs> no. black bike pants no Spoilers. Right, uh, <laughs> a uh, long white floppy T-shirt, like over the kind of the bike yeah. pads, but but it, then he kind of like frizzed the hair a bit and just put a smudge of makeup on, <laughs> and that's what I feel wow. like. Oh, that's that's like, real, yeah, that's the full Robert. You, you know, need the full like, Robert. He's yeah. one of those people that has to be in full gear all the time. I think. Yeah, I think that he was owes just it to. Smith. Right, yeah. Ba- you know, Batman's not just putting on the ears. Yeah. You know, you're not just going to see him with some ears and a belt. Just getting coffee. Like just, the, just his regular stuff, but Shut just up, like the Robert, belt. I was in yeah. a hurry. Definitely not Bruce Wayne over here. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> just doing the weird voice every third word. Yeah. I'd like a latte. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> this is, this is you all right, sir. It's all over the place. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, uh, so anyway, she, she, totally she, yeah, she just said like, you have this project, you haven't put really any energy into it. I was like, oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. And I'd had this idea for doing, uh, a stand up show that I, I get a little, I, I love stand up and I love seeing it. I love when people film it and, but not all of them engage me to where I feel like I'm in the crowd or that I right. feel like I'm really capturing the moment. I think one of the hardest things about even those shows is trying to work out what sort of show you want to make because I think sometimes like when you do the big room shows and I, look, I'm going to do another DVD this year and we are going to do a big room show because we got an opportunity to play a place that I'd wanted to play all my life and I thought, well, yeah, fuck it. If we're going to I may only get to play this place once. It's exciting. I might fuck it, I might as well film it, right? At least I'll have that forever, yeah, you yeah. Know, if nothing else. Hell yeah. But um, but I do like kind of, I think that I sometimes enjoy the ones where they're not in front of a big crowd just because you can, like the person performing is obviously performing to a big crowd. Yeah. And often you might just be sitting there like on your own, watching yeah. it on your Ooh. computer and you're like, I'm not quite in the same vibe as everybody else. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. Live on Sunset Strip because he's one of the few people, Richard Pryor, where like he's one of the few people that, is at this huge level, and yet he's in the beginning. He's uncomfortable. You can tell people are laughing too hard. They've clearly been fluffed of like big laughs when he comes on stage, standing ovation. And most stand-up specials you see now, the people come out, they do a fake wave to someone, they point at someone who clearly they don't know, right. as if like you're here, and then they, <laughs> <laughs> and then they well, launch in, and then they launch into their act to to probably ninety percent of the people who've never heard of them. And I I feel like that Quite shows not. through. Whereas with him, like he's the first ten minutes, he's kind of just. Guys, this I'm still getting paid. Let's just enjoy this. And right. he, he brings it back down and you feel the crowd kind of lean in. And then that's a great show. Intimacy. Intimacy. I, yeah. I think it's captured in that really well. And so many others. That's actually close. part of the reason that, I mean, I can I can say what it is. It's not like, I mean, we haven't announced the dates or anything yet, but it's happening. So um, I'm going to record my special in the main concert hall at the Sydney Opera, Opera House. House. Like Whoa. it's the, you know, it's, it's that's our, huge. it's our whatever, you know, the version of that is Radio City Music Hall or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, that's, 
to me, that's like. I mean, the just most from exciting. here in the Would United States, anytime someone goes to Australia, that's what they show. Yeah. I mean, it is the quintessential, like, oh, they're in Australia. Right. That's impressive. That's and awesome. And so man. for me, like, and for someone who's lived in Sydney for 15 years and, like, you know, it's near my house and I've performed there over the years and whatever, you it's kind of. I was kind of like, you know what? That's exciting. And. Mm-hmm. But the reason I thought I'll do it as the DVD is not only because it is exciting, yeah. but because the one thing that I hate about DVDs, and I didn't like my last DVD, because it always feels like you're just capturing a night of the show mm-hmm. that, you know, there might be better nights. It's yeah, weird because you're yeah. recording oh, that night. Yeah. one off You know, you've got that thing. But because this is going to be a one-off mm. and because I am genuinely excited to play there, mm-hmm. it's literally just like, it feels to me more like a concert film of like a, yeah. this wasn't necessarily the best night of the gig, but this was that special, like, you know, the vibe like, you know, I want to talk about the fact mm. that I'm in the main room, at the, you know, like it, it won't be material, it'll just be my vibe. And yeah. and so I kind of feel like that will work. I Hopefully that will work. It'll be exciting. Well, be I'm great. excited. That'll be something that I can show awesome. my kids later on in life. That's nice. I'll be good. Yeah. 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 They'll like that. <laughs> uh, so tell me about so, so mine is that you know like we had anyway the idea was to just make something and I, I just didn't like the idea of you know barking in people off the street and giving free tickets and it's a right. it's an unrealistic representation of really how many people would come see me so I, I like the idea of doing it in a smaller venue if the 50 people are there that's about who would come to my show and I feel like that's fair and it's a yeah it's about but the I also think that that's kind of a nice it, like your vibe and how relaxed you are on like you yeah. know doing those that's sort of things. That's the size yeah. of crowds I get at my festival shows when I do festivals in Australia. That's you know 50, 60, 60. It's a good crowd. I always think you, I think once yeah. you're over sort of 40, 50 depending on what they're like, mm-hmm. you can always get a really lovely oh, read on yeah. that yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. And so I just thought one like that that's really not that consequential to it. Mostly it was just to try to give it a different visual style. Right. So I had this idea of incorporating kind of animation that would give people visually something to look at as the jokes were happening and not like a narrated version of like, Oh, I'm watching this tale, but more of just kind of an abstract sort of, I don't know what I'm seeing, but it's, it correlates to the material. So I, I didn't say that on the podcast. I just said like, Oh, I have this animation idea. And if you're an animator and want to help, let me know. And all these people emailed me and volunteered and Great. started chipping away on it. And yeah. So we started like, we got together all these clips and now I have like, all the stuff ready to go, except it's really difficult to like shoot it and do it any justice. I mean, I know I could get some friends together and go do it in a really low budget way, but I kind of thought like you're saying with the Sydney opera house of like, it deserves some level of execution. I think just by so many people put so much work into it. I don't want to shit on it by like, well, and then we shot it on this, you know, an iPhone. I'd rather, so I'm trying to do this Kickstarter to just keep it, it, get it filmed. To get it filmed, That's yeah. That's a great and, and idea. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, we're gonna make a DVD of it, and then people will at least, if nothing else, same thing as you. Like for posterity, people will have a physical thing of like, hey, I was a part of that. Like Perfect. I, I, even if I chipped in one dollar, which I think people have been reluctant to do because they think like, this makes me seem so cheap, and it's not the case at all. Like right. if everyone just put in a dollar, we'd be if, so much if further just ahead. Ten million people put in a dollar. <laughs> I don't know how much you'd have, but it'd be a good amount. It'd be of pretty, cash. pretty decent right. amount. I think that works. I mean, they like, take ten percent, yeah, or something. Right. <laughs> well, you have to account for like the shipping costs, and then you have to. Account for like the percentage they take so so, so like, you have like because uh, the thing about kickstarter for people because like there might be people listening to this who've never supported a kickstarter or right. never you know some people probably know what from the comedy the film nerds possible, one possible um and there's others you fund it mm-hmm. crowdfund that sort of stuff. i wanted to do kickstarter because it's all or nothing yeah. and i thought getting less 
than the amount needed would put us right back in the same spot. We're like, right. well, now we still can't make it you know, yeah. the way it should Before be Before we were going to do a half-ass job and now we've got like a three-quarter-ass <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We still, yeah. it's not, we want it fully arsed. Yeah. So if, you know, if we don't make it, and, and I hope it appeals to people in a way like, oh, I want to be a part of that. You yeah, know, of course. A dollar or two. If we don't get there, I would just feel like, all right, it wasn't meant to be. And, you know, we'll still have the animation. I'd like to still try to do it live and stuff. But I, I do feel like filming it is going to do it justice. And, and like you're saying, like sort of archive it or like we made this neat thing well, and I've got a feeling good. that attitude's going to make it work but it's also I, I think so. that like it's the sort of thing that and like I do this a little bit like just I love finding little projects and yeah. whatever particularly if they're friends of mine like I mean mm. a lot mm-hmm. of the time they're people but you know like someone's putting a little play on or whatever and you go this sounds really interesting and if, yeah. if like I can kick in like I mean you know a hundred bucks or whatever to like I, you know, help it's kind that, of fun. I think so too. Yeah. Like you're like, I'm helping something cool get made. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we, you know, yeah. we had this discussion a bunch uh, as far as like, boy, in a world where so many things need attention and you're asking for money to, to make something. Oh, yeah, but it's like yeah. artistic. It's, it's something people but can be a part people of. People want to give to different things. You know, but it's yeah. also, but you're, you're asking for something that's not going to get made otherwise. Yeah. Right? And it's it a return just, of investment. It's like you're, you're chipping a dollar, something you might hand to someone on the street for or tip in joy. a chip jar for something that could end up being pretty neat and, and compel- I don't know. So Right, but also that, I think the nice thing about these things is like a lot of the time you have like rewards and stuff like cutting them. So like if you like people something. People are doing you, that, aren't they? They sort of yeah. you add to it. If you don't oh, yeah, you have to. You might get yeah, a CD definitely. or a, is that a thing you have yeah, to you do ha- that? I mean, you know, it's not mandatory, but I just feel like people are much more inclined. To, it's basically like pre-ordering. Yeah. They just say like, oh, I'm going to download it now even right. though it doesn't exist. Because like the thing is like, you know, for example, if you were going to do it like, you know, for your comedy DVD or yeah. whatever, you're basically just saying to people, hey, would you like to see a DVD of my show? And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, I'd love to see the DVD. Hey, can you pay me first? Yeah. And then I can make <laughs> and the DVD and, and then we'll it. send you a copy of the DVD. It's just pre-ordering. Right. <laughs> it's just pre-ordering. I just can't it? make it yeah. without you sending me the money first. I, I promise pre- you I will make it. <laughs> I, I guess that's idea. what you're doing, right? You're just Basically, like, yeah. yeah. But it, like you were saying, like I, I went and surfed through and saw a bunch of projects and there was somewhere I was, the same thing, that feeling of like, I want to see that. Right. And, mm. you know, you go to meetings, you go... I mean, I did... The first place I started was to go into, like, uh, you know, production companies and, and tell them the idea and then being like, you know, you're not very well known and or, you know, well, this, this idea is a little... It doesn't really... I don't see how it's going to come across, which is, I think, a lot of times what concepts that are fairly original are met with like, right nah, of I course don't, i don't i, don't, I, I can't picture it exists you know well you have, to, yeah. you have to you have to show people mm-hmm. like i mean that's the truth of yeah, it examples like, please these days like i mean the, those australian guys and i mean look these movies haven't been the greatest movies of all time but what are the the australia saw? horror movies saw, saw? movies mm-hmm. like the about. two dudes that one of the dudes who they made saw lee one was doing open mic stand-up he'd been a like a showbiz reporter mm. on tv but he was doing yeah. open mic stand-up wow. and him and his mate made like five minutes of Saw yeah. and brought it over to Hollywood and now that franchise they, they've still I mean every year he's one of the richest Australians list just <laughs> off amazing. the Saw franchise That's incredible. you know it's like yeah. Yeah. but because if you show people it's much easier to show somebody something than well and I think like in this town so many people are well I wrote that screenplay and now I'm just waiting like right. If you're a creator, if you make you gotta you gotta do it. Make I mean, it. to right. sit there and just hope someone says yes 
things like Kickstarter really give a great power yeah. to, I want to make this and I'm going to do what I can to get it made, whether it's five minutes of Saw or whether yeah. it's yeah. whatever you do. Like, I love it's that that idea. exists now, that, it, that people are inspired by that sort of do-it-yourself mentality. So. On my island, we're going to have a Kickstarter for projects. <laughs> that's, right. that's the only <laughs> way. That's what, I'm doing. Spot. that's what I'm doing. I'm running the open mic and Kickstarter. They're my two, my two projects that I have on the go. Is there any chance you can build computers? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a small island. I mean, it's just... Oh, we could just tally it up on some yeah. wood. No, yeah, we okay. literally just give you a kick to start off your project. Just, yeah, there's oh, like a, a patrol of people that go around and just bludgeon it out of people. <laughs> you said you'd help with this. You said you're going to build it. <laughs> just guys with big boots. That's his Kickstarter. <laughs> he didn't know what it was. On the island, it's called Kick Finish. I do think that it... I think that there is something lovely about like being part of the creation of projects and having a buy-in and -hmm. it means that the audience are already there from the start as well. They want want to work it. And it means that, you know, in the old days, what happened was with these systems and, you know, even with like the, there was controversy over um, Zach Braff, I know, like Mm -hmm. asked for money to make his film and people were like, well, you're a big Hollywood celebrities and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I kind of get that. I I kind of feel like it shouldn't be for Mm -hmm. people like that. It should be for things that, would never genuinely can't start them themselves. Could this mm-hmm. no way get done? Right. Without without the community help. Right. Yeah. Does this never yeah. happen if there's not community help? But the other argument on the other side of that is he didn't like steal that money from those people's pockets. He mm. put up an idea and said, "Hey, would mm-hmm. you like to give me money to make this?" And yeah. all those people said, "Yep." Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, there's true. part of me that also goes, "Well, if people want to give the, their money to, for him to make that, then I guess that's fine. Too. I watched his video and uh, no, I don't. I mean, I think that's a sort of an unwritten rule. It's a quick way to lose a lot of money. You know, like, well, this person was doing great. And then they sank everything into battlefield earth. Yeah. And now right. they're not doing so good. And I think is, even if you have the money, you'd be tempted. And I'm sure that probably crossed his mind. Like, well, I, I can afford this. And everyone in, in his corner was like, don't even think yeah. about it. Don't do that. That's a terrible idea. But his rewards packages were really good. I mean, he right. offered people to come to premieres and right. uh, even just to have a phone call from him or a signed script or these things that I'm sure to a lot of people are like, that's amazing. I wouldn't get this via the other process. So I could see, like, I watched the video and I thought, like, I'm, do I don't love it. Yeah, you have people that can well, get their name yeah. in the credits. And oh, oh, sick. Uh, this podcast, Co-Fop, <laughs> will get a mention in the credits of Earbuds, the podcast documentary. Uh, sweet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're, we're officially, I think, something producers of there that film. We'll be there. Great. Watch to the end, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See where that sweet T-shirt money went? <laughs> no, but I agree with you. If you are into something, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I have this cool, like, surf uh, skateboard, like, just in my office because I supported Greg Berents when the Rainy Monarchs, his band, like we're doing something and it was just like I, yeah he kind of made this cool skate and like you know I don't need it or anything but really? it was kind of fun and it's yeah. in my office and I kind of mm-hmm. like I enjoy it like it's, I enjoy going I would help them make that and yeah. you know I got this cool skateboard it's thing it's polar that, gratuity isn't it like yeah. everybody's getting they're getting to do their project you're getting a little reward for kicking in the person that donated the skateboard to them is getting to feel good because they helped the project kick along yeah. it's a great feel like everybody's chosen to do this it's not a compulsory tax on your insurance or your or your rego or you know it's a, yeah. I supported a um, Dan Illick's Irrational Fear he's a, a he's like a he's kind of a guy who over here would be working on like John Oliver's show or on the Daily show or whatever great making videos like really satirical like a great guy creating his own work like really really you know cool cat i like dan quite a lot and he he did a 
one of those things, a fundraiser, a, crowd, a crowdfunding for his to make videos and stuff, you know, for a show. Mm-hmm. And they're so great what he's done with it. And I donated some money to that. And one of the things that you got was like, you know, a t-shirt and it just yeah. said, uh, like I donated whatever the amount of money was to this and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Oh, and again, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's all I need. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm happy with that. I think it's a great interaction, that right. process of it. You know, and I've helped a couple of people out. There's a guy, Darren Sanders, who's getting his his late night chat show in yep. Australia off the ground. He asked if I could donate some DVDs for him to use as sweeteners to get more people to join. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Go on, that's awesome. I think it's great because like, yeah. it should be like a comedy community. Well, yeah. like yeah. an artistic community. Yeah. Right. Like that's kind of what I miss. Like people have heard me talk about this before on the podcast, but one of my other – I have a lot of dreams. <laughs> one of my other ones when I'm not like going away from everything. But no, I often think that if I ever won like the lottery or what came into like a huge amount of money, yeah. I would love to have some sort of like Andy Warhol, like the factory place just where people who are like different artists and like whatever oh, yeah. Yeah. just hang out and yeah. mix – and yeah. like you know, because then you meet someone who's like uh, like a visual artist who's like, hey, I really like your comedy, and we, what if we like did these two things and work together or whatever? I often think that like it's weird that we don't mix in. I mean, maybe here in Hollywood, people do mix in more because yeah. that's why they've all come to the same place yeah. to do that. There but, is a certain well, that's why I like like my variety show that you did here in LA. Right. It, it's a mix of those things, and I thought like this town has a lot of negative things about it, and some of them are totally justified. But the one thing it does have that is a tremendous amount of creative people of almost every different genre. Right. And like bringing that together, like you're saying, in so many different ways, I just, I think it's phenomenal. When, you know, when a, a director that you like works with a musical artist and they make something, yeah. you know, they incorporate cool visuals into it and then an actor even on top of that, it's, you're getting a lot of different disciplines where you're like, oh, I wish I could have been a part of this. Right. Yeah. If you could have been in that too, you know, like if you could have been like, oh, I, I supported this or right. I helped in some way. I drew the title art. You'd feel so good. Like Absolutely. I was a part of something. Well, cool. I don't know if you know the Doctor Who thing. Lindsay was just watching Doctor Who. Lindsay, poor Lindsay, he's got here. Off the plane, no sleep. And then, like, he had to start drinking this morning, basically, to get through. <laughs> then I then I made him a grilled cheese sandwich, put him, on the, put him on the couch to watch uh, Doctor Who. Nice. Uh, but the reason that I bring that up is that Doctor Who have changed their opening titles for the first time in, like, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the changed the, the... Yeah, because it doesn't have the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And the new titles are fan art. Like oh, it was that, someone who made that. them on the internet that's and they so were like, good. we love that and you've done See, such a good great. job. Yeah. That, like, so some dude like made fan art for Doctor Who on the internet and now is the, the opening titles oh, of Doctor Who. So good. Right? Like that's to me, like getting back to like pipe dreams, awesome. all these animators who've contributed things and been so like just free with their time and, and so uh, generous. And I, there's, I would love to like, if we get it made, you know, submit it to animation festivals and get them as much exposure as possible you to wear them like t shirts too. I could get them those t shirts. Right. Say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there is something amazing about that. When you, when, you know, you, when you hear those stories of like someone who was like, you know, who's now like someone that you love, but they were working for yeah. someone or they got their start, like, you know, yeah. doing the music for so and so, or like it's. Backstories. Well, it just gets so gross when you hear so many times people are like, oh, I don't want to be doing this, but that, you know, I think if I do it for two years, then that'll pay off and like this favor will come in. You're like, that's so gross. Whereas someone's like, I love this show and I've been doodling and I sent it to the person and yeah. they made it their Twitter thing and blah, blah, blah. You're like, perfect. You did something purely out of the joy of doing it. Right. And, and 
that worked out because that's that's what should be rewarded. Absolutely. Is that like you didn't have any ulterior motives. You weren't trying to like squeeze in through the back door or play anybody. You just did it because you liked it. I love you when that gets rewarded. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to get involved in something is to actually just go and get involved. Right. Like whatever level you can. Don't yeah. wait for them to offer you the job or just do the stuff. There's right. this great girl, Sarah Pocock. Hello, Sarah, if you're listening to this, who uh, listened to our podcast and we did a live show in Burbank and, or we just actually did some stand up. She showed up and on her iPad had a little animation she'd made for us. It was us just like cheersing some beers. <laughs> Fantastic. It was so, and we mentioned that and then that, right. you know, like uh, she, I'm, I don't know that that helped in a tremendous, but we did mention it. And then this past year, she did almost all the 2D animation for the Cosmos show. One of the coolest animation right. projects that come out in quite a while. And it's just because, I think, she does stuff like that all the time. She gets herself out there. And it's That's really fantastic. cool. I think it's phenomenal when people just do that. Like, I just made you this thing because I like you guys and I thought this would be a fun thing. Like, good Correct. for you. Correct. Correct. It, it is a fun right. thing. So basically what, what we're saying, guys, is uh, send David some money. <laughs> <laughs> saying you heartless monsters oh man i mean it was very nice said that it's very very nice that he said all those things you know that that he has the soul of an artist now we've convinced you that but what we're really saying is he just needs some money he just needs some money so it's no good to just you just have to hand over some cash one dollar is a dollar will do yeah well not enough but one dollar is a start that's any bit of help any bit of help if you all like yeah did one dollar you know yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I think people look at that and go, "Oh, that's so dumb. I right. can't do a dollar." I can't but, do. but I do think that it's. Uh, do you think that's a dollar? Do you think that's a, like a, a worldwide problem though? Because I think so often that we don't try to fix things in general in our society because you're like, "Yeah, what can I do? What can I do? What difference would that make? Like, yeah. What difference does it make?" Like if I if yeah. I honestly sort out my recycling, what that's going to fix global warming? Yeah. We all know it's being controlled by harp. Like, you know, <laughs> I, don't think I can chuck my bottles in the fucking rubbish. I don't care. They got yeah. a tornado coming Tuesday. Right. I'll take that trash away. Yeah. <laughs> when I, and every now and again, you see this someone driving down the road and they just chuck trash right out the window. Oh, and that I, is old school. I always like wonder, like, do they know more than I do? Is this person like more enlightened than me? And they're just like, I get it. Yeah. I'll throw I'm an apple core or banana slate. Like, yeah, I think pissing, that's okay. Pissing that in okay? the ocean. That's what they're like. They're right. like, really? <laughs> really? Do yeah. you see what BP did, guys? <laughs> I feel, like, I feel like my big Mac box might not be. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, so, where can people find it? This is what. The, the, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. The, if you just go to Kickstarter and search Huntsberger, uh, you'll find it. But it's it's David Huntsberger animation stand up special, and then DavidHuntsberger.com. There are tons of links there. There's links on my Twitter, which is Huntsberger Junk. There's anywhere you could find me. Potentially, there is some sort of. And you link just need money, right? I mean, if people uh, people in Austin, that, that's where we're going to shoot it, have volunteers just like, I'll come help and I'll pick people up from the airport or I'll, uh, you know, they can sleep well, in my house or, okay. I mean, so, but, if, you know, if you want to help in some way, if you want to contribute something, I don't know. If you have an idea, let me know. People have been totally uh, uh, open with that of saying like, I don't have a ton of money, but I can help with this. I'm open. I'm what any way people want to contribute would be great. Uh, if this works, if this uh, works out, I've got a, a, another idea for you. 
Okay. Spin-off show. All right. Uh, Hunts Burgers, like the Wahlburgers. Yeah. Like the Wahlburg family. Yeah. And you start like a burger franchise. <laughs> and we just film. Oh, that, that's that's ah, the second yeah. idea. Okay. But that's, we'll get this one gone first. But I feel like when we get a more mainstream. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, yeah, yeah. Some for between porn stars and ice road truckers. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm into it. Yeah. I grew up this really horrible mustache. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get an eye patch. Right, yeah. <laughs> Essential. Definitely. Essential. Definitely. You're definitely yeah. going to have an eye patch. Oh, I'm going to have a skin eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all like endangered animals. Yeah. I feel like that's. <laughs> what are you talking about here is a $200 burger, but that, my friend, is pure Albanian rhino. <laughs> <laughs> just every day there's just this one person they turn to and go this is horrible <laughs> nah, and there's all the other guys who are throwing trash out their window going no he gets it man we are fighting a losing battle you might as well embrace it man throwing their wild well, burger you haven't, you haven't tasted something you haven't t- tasted an albino platypus well mate the oceans are rising get on in mate uh, all right, uh, Lindsay Webb, uh, yes. you're in Los Angeles doing some gigs. You want to I tell am. people, because I'll put this up today, and so if there's some LA listeners yes, who sweet. want to okay, see you. Yes, okay, going up today. Uh, Thursday, they probably won't hear it by tonight. So, Thursday at yeah. the Attic. Thursday at the Attic. Yeah, Friday, uh, UCB Theatre doing set list. Oh, with myself and Daniel Sloss yes. and uh, Eliza Schlesinger. Yes. Yes, uh, that'll be great. The following week, Venice Underground. And stretching my memory. That's okay. Other. But, we'll, but yeah. you'll find me online, Twitter, at Lindsay Webb, or Facebook, Lindsay Webb Comedian. And uh, I'm here until the 20th. Do you have any dates that you want to plug? You got anything coming up? I'll be at the Oriental Theatre in Denver on September 19th. And, that sounds uh, racist. I know. I've, Can uh, you still call a theatre an Oriental Theatre? Well, it really means East and Occidental West. Right. So. So I think it's it's backwards. Really saying people are Oriental is absurd. It just means they live right. east of us. Oh, so that's the root. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. That's the root of it. No, you're right. Okay. And it traces back to who started it, Americans, no right. question. But uh, so, yeah, the Oriental Theater, and I mean that in a directional sense. <laughs> I don't <laughs> You don't mean like it drives badly or anything. Yeah, I don't mean That's that racist. there's uh, weird um, music or birds hanging by their feet out front or anything like right. that. And um, and then if this if we end up making this, I'm going to be doing a week of free shows in New York at the Creek in the Caves, uh, October 27 through 31. Cool. That um, is a great venue. I, when I was in New York, sounds cool. Recently, it's like it's like it's what is it? You call a it like an old venue or like a. Yeah. What, do you, what would you call it? It's a little theater that. Yeah. It it's got a kind of cool bar downstairs and mm-hmm. a couple of rooms. It's like, almost like an art space. Yeah. Or something that, like yeah. Funky. It's like a minor version of my Andy Warhol house that I'm going to yeah. come up with. It is yeah. kind of a creative oh, yeah, artist. Place by the space. beach we're living in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Anyway, it's a great venue. I'm uh, looking forward to it. I'm touring um, as well as doing set list. I am in uh, Seattle at Parlor Live uh, the 18th to the 20th of September. Uh, then after that, I am on the road to a whole bunch of different places. Uh, I All the dates are on the front of the Matt Kirshen episode. If you want to see all the dates or willanderson.com.au, I think uh, Rooster Tea Feathers might be the week after that. And then I've got, I don't know, uh, Denver and Dallas and uh, lots of other places. Well, have a good time in Denver. I forgot one too that I'll be performing live with the animation here in LA at the Improv uh, November 8th. It's okay. Saturday. 
Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And if you're in town, if you'd like to open, I'd love uh, for you to do that if you want. I will check my calendar immediately after this and see if we can do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be real cool. Um, all right. Uh, thank Pleasure. you very much for listening, guys. Uh, if you like the show, rate it on iTunes. Make sure that you hit up the guys and let them know that you listen to it. And uh, we'll talk to you all again soon.